Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you sharing God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and what may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. So here we have Paul writing from a place of loss. He's experiencing a loss of freedom, uh, a loss of connection with those dear to him. And he's got every right to feel frustrated at the lack of things that he might previously have taken for granted. Does that ring any bells? Yet he's able to see all of these stumbling blocks as stepping stones. And rather than retreating inwards, he turns his gaze outward and his heart overflows with love for his friends in Philippi. Just imagine receiving a letter like this, or an email perhaps, or a WhatsApp message. But I find myself asking, what's the key to this prayerful, thankful heart of Paul? And it strikes me that he's been able to grasp God's love in three dimensions. God's love in the past, his own prior experience and his deep knowledge of God's work through history. His knowledge of God in the present, the assurance of God's love and good purposes, whatever the circumstances might be, whatever the world might be throwing at him. And he's also got a grasp of God's love in the future, God's eternal promises of fulfilment and completion. And Paul doesn't just know these things in his head, he's received them into his very being. His heart has been transformed. He's gone from having a hard heart to a soft heart. And all that he communicates in this letter is out of an overflow of his heart. His generosity of spirit and his affection for the believers in Philippi knows no bounds. He has experienced God's love. He is experiencing God's love and he has no reason to doubt what's to come. And this cascades out to others. Those who he sees as partners of the gospel, as it says in verse five. And that's who we are, partners with Paul in the gospel. As we grasp how much we are loved by God, we're better able to truly love others. As we appreciate what it meant for Jesus to die for us on the cross, our hearts are softened and the fruit of the Spirit is released. And what an amazing expression of prayer we find in verses nine to 11, as Paul prays that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. That's something we can use as a two-way prayer, asking God that our own love 
And the word in Greek for love is agape, it's that self-giving love, that our own love will abound more and more, that it will flow out to friends, to our family, to colleagues, to all those we meet on our front lines. But also as a prayer we can pray for one another, as we long for one another to flourish. Oh, for a church known for its generous, open-hearted love. It's the complete antithesis of what we've seen in Washington this week. The American president clearing crowds of peaceful protesters with tear gas to stand on the steps of a church with a Bible in his hand for political capital. That's offensive to God and to all decent human beings. Sorry, rant over. We're calling this series Learning to Live a Life in the New Normal. Whether this new normal involves homeschooling, constant Zoom meetings, feelings of isolation and loss, job insecurity, health concerns, or even longer hours at work, the love of God for us is our anchor point. Paul writes elsewhere in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that the love of Christ compels us. It compels us to look beyond what he's described a chapter earlier as our momentary and present troubles to the world around. That's been the role of the church throughout the ages. That is the role of God's people today. Our love might be imperfect and a poor reflection of God's love, but as it flows out from us, the mission of God takes deeper root. One of the angles we pursued from our week of prayer was that of prayer and care, praying for those we care for and caring for those we pray for. This letter presents us with a fantastic example of just that. Paul's passionate prayer for those he has a deep concern for, and the letter itself is a practical expression of his care, bringing encouragement and hope. This little letter is my favourite of all the Bible books. I'd encourage you to read it in its entirety, to soak up its message, immerse yourself in it. But more than that, allow it to shape how you relate to those around you. Prayerfulness and thankfulness, prayer and care, motivated by God's love.